if you as the instructor have technical knowledge that this tool will help people, it's your job to figure out a way to translate into that to terms that are meaningful to your client. So, you know, when I'm up there teaching a class, I've got my heart rate monitor on, I'm demonstrating it, I'm talking about it, I'm talking about what benefit it brings to me and to the people I train, and people can't help but be curious. Hi, this is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. I'm John McGowan, your host, and I'm just really thankful that you're listening. The ongoing sponsor for our podcasts are Cycling Fusion, and we always want to thank them on the front end of this. It's through their gracious sponsorship that we're able to bring these to you. And now if you have interest in an initial certification or want to improve your knowledge specifically toward the training with power, I'd encourage you to check out cyclingfusion.com. I'm recording this the day after I published or started a survey, an online survey I'm doing regarding heart rate training within your class, club, or studio. And what led me to this is kind of the realization over time that we may be focused on the wrong things in some respect as far as how we are communicating benefits from my perspective to you, but also from from our perspective as instructors to our students. And I happen to know of a uh, very intelligent woman. Her name is Melissa Murata, and she's actually just finishing up her medical degree. And Melissa's joining me now to talk about a survey that she did a year ago. Are there psychological effects of heart rate monitor use during exercise? And Melissa's joining me now. Welcome to the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome, and I so enjoy talking to you. You have more energy, I think, than any human that I'm aware of. (laughs) I don't know about that. Well, tell us, where are you at now as far as your uh, medical degree? I am in my last year of medical school at the University of Vermont College of Medicine up in Burlington, where it finally stopped snowing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it did here in Minneapolis as well. It just, it just kept raining, but that's okay. That's a whole other thing. All right. So, and it, because what I say about energy is that in, if you've ever had the privilege of getting an email from Melissa and it's like two pages long and then you realize that she's sending it on her, I don't know, it's your Blackberry or your. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got fast moving thumbs. <laughs> yes, you do. And, and I so appreciate you jumping in. To this, and actually, you contacted me after as soon as you saw the survey, and you said, "John, we need to talk about this more." And and I really do because I have seen firsthand the benefits that, especially zone-based heart rate training, can bring to people. Mm-hmm. It's a huge component of what I describe as indoor cycling 2.0, and yet, just based on the conversations and some of the, I've got probably about 300 people have responded to the survey already that. Even for all we've done, instructors are struggling. Clubs and studios aren't really talking, doing much about it. And, you know, as I've said a couple times earlier, that, you know, where we are today is 
the result of what we did yesterday. And so if we need to go somewhere tomorrow, we need to stop, kind of reassess to where we are, stand down to what I talked about in a in an earlier podcast as far as, you know, reevaluate, you know, what it is that we're doing, you know, both from my perspective here at IndoorCycleInstructor.com and ICI Pro and then as instructors. So you actually, through your survey, why don't you tell everybody quickly what it was and, you know, what, what was your motivation in doing it? Sure. So it's been my experience in coaching folks and recruiting them to heart rate training over the years that they derive a benefit from the use of a heart rate monitor that seems to not relate to exercise. We know the benefits, the physiological benefits of, you know, through training of using a heart rate monitor as far as being precise, more efficient, et cetera, in training at specific goal, at specific zones. However, I've seen people feel more in control of their lives, have more awareness of their breathing, that they're able to take that to the rest of their lives once they leave my class, skills they lose in, in class that they can apply to the rest of their lives. And I thought, is this real? Is this, a, you know, is this an anecdotal thing? Or can I, can I find some data that can show that this is actually happening? So what I did last year, and I think there's a lot of ICI subscribers who participated in this because uh, I, I did a podcast two years ago with you t- when I was starting to study. So I had 226 adults from around the world who had ever used a heart rate monitoring exercise. They participated in an anonymous online survey, um, basically asked them, what do you think about when you're using a heart rate monitoring exercise? And what I found is that there are psychological effects of heart rate monitor use that relate to self-confidence, self-esteem, and mind-body awareness. And now when I pitch heart rate monitors in my class, it's not just the physical benefits, which of course I talk about, but I also talk about the idea of being more in touch with yourself, um, learning better breathing techniques to help you during stressful situations, and to have some kind of mastery in your life, something that you got control over. And people respond to it. People get heart rate monitors when I tell them about this stuff. So let's talk about it. Well, let's start from the very beginning. You're not using a heart monitor at all and you're taking a class. All right. Why would I want to add complexity to what I'm already doing? You know, what, what did, what did you see that, that caused people to do that or want to take that step? So I'd want to ask somebody, I'd say, what do you want to get out of this? Why are you here in my class? And you figure out what people's goals are, and you use that to tie that into what they can get out of a heart rate monitor. Everybody needs some purpose for being in that room. And whether it's that they want to lose weight or maintain their weight, whether it's that they, they, they need some way to you know get over the anxiety of their day and just focus themselves, they've got to be some kind of purpose. So you ask them, and that's the first thing. What are you typically hearing back then when you ask that question? I'm, I'm hearing that I'm supposed to exercise. I, I, I need to be in shape. I say, okay, well, you know, uh, let me teach you a way that you can do that more efficiently so that you can actually spend less time exercising but doing it with greater precision. They're like, oh, what's that all about? Then I might tell them, hey, you know what? The way that you feel how hard you're working may not actually be how hard you're working, that there might be this huge discrepancy between your perceived exertion and really um, what your heart rate is. And and then I explained to them that different heart rates determine what source of fuel you use primarily during exercise. And they're like completely taken aback. They've never heard of this. What do you mean that when I push myself into the ground that I'm not actually accomplishing my goal? And they're totally thrown through this. And then I might 
point to somebody who's sitting next to them in class who's wearing a monitor, and I let them do the pitching. I'm like, oh man, I started wearing my heart rate monitor, and turns out I don't have to take a nap after spinning class. And they're just thrown. And I really have a lot of luck with the peer-to-peer pitching. In your survey, you know, you were identifying people who are using heart rate monitors. Yes. Okay, what were the principal or primary reasons people gave that they were using a heart rate monitor? Yep. So I asked the question, what made you start using the heart rate monitor as opposed to what makes you continue to use it? So the top two reasons people start using their heart rate monitor, not surprisingly, are either because they want to um, increase their training efficiency or improve fitness goals, or the number two was that a coach or instructor encouraged them to do that. Okay. Now they were the predominance of the choices too. I'm looking, you've got all your notes here in front of me and I didn't want people to get lost in the numbers, but you know, you've got about close to 90% (laughs) had used those two reasons. Yes. Um, But I thought that what might be interesting is the, the other reasons people started using a heart rate monitor that I think our listeners might be able to use to appeal to their classes. Well, Um, well, before you go there, Melissa, let me, let me just you're skipping over something I feel is very important here is that you, you talked about the efficiency of training and the encouragement from the coach or instructor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Doesn't that fall on my shoulders as an instructor and my club's shoulders as, you know, as a place of health and wellness? I think that it does. If you as the instructor have scientific technical knowledge that this tool will help people. It's your job to figure out a way to translate into that to terms that are meaningful to your client. So, you know, when I'm up there teaching a class, I've got my heart rate monitor on, I'm demonstrating it, I'm talking about it, I'm talking about what benefit it brings to me and to the people I train, and people can't help but be curious, if nothing more. From a personal perspective, though, you've really found that how you're delivering these benefits or what can motivate people to actually take action. Absolutely. If, if you just mention this in passing to your class, hey, if you've got questions about a heart rate monitor, come talk to me. They don't talk to you. If you get up and you deliver a pitch about how awesome this thing is and how it's going to change your life, they come up and talk to you. It's all in how you present it, like with anything else. Well, part of what my concern going f- forward is that we get lost in discussions of, you know, ATP and mitochondria and, and you know, all these this technical jargon that, you know, maybe features of what are and technically what is happening, but it doesn't really convey the benefits that people are going to understand or, or be motivated by. I think that's an important part. It's like with anything else, if you are speaking at a level that is above or inappropriate to where your your population's coming from, it's it's not going to be effective. It's like with anything in medicine as well. You got to figure out how to connect with the people you're talking with. So, um if, if you got to judge your crowd. If you have a crowd who you think getting up and talking about the different sources of fuel, you know, aren't going to be meaningful for, then you don't go that way. You might just talk about, you know, hey, for those of you who like to track progress and see that you're getting somewhere, you know, that speaks to some people. Or for those of you who um, who want to make sure that you're not exercising too hard and getting yourself sick, you know, the prevent overtraining aspect, and that is something that came up in my study that people thought about to, that inspired them to get a heart rate monitor, you might tack that angle. You made an interesting comment that I used some, somewhat similarly where you said that 
at the end of the class, you don't feel like you have to go home and take a nap. Oh, I see. yeah, absolutely. That's a line that really speaks to people. Right. Well, the one I've used that is similar to that is that at the end of the class, you're not going to feel like you have to go eat everything you see. Absolutely. Yeah, and people can relate to that. They've had that experience. I've had that experience. You know, we talked about you know the, the training efficiency, coach instructor encouragement. Then you wanted to get into some of the the smaller, but I think you feel is equally important um, other reasons that people wanted to use our rate monitor. Yes, the the other reasons that people reported on the survey included curiosity to get feedback on their efforts. Um, specifically to help with weight loss, and also people who just liked gadgets. So if you know you've got someone who likes gadgets, definitely play that angle. Or if somebody has weight concerns, either losing weight or maintaining weight, play that angle. Whatever's going to be most effective for that specific person, you make that individual appeal. Or, for example, if you've got a, a triathlete in your class who says they're training for their big event, you talk about that when you're training heavily, you want to make sure you're preventing overtraining, that there is such this thing as overtraining. And, of course, people can read about overtraining on ICI. We've got lots of resources about that and the dangers of that. Um, that a heart rate monitor help, is, is helpful for their training plan to make sure that they're they're not overdoing it. My interest in the future is you know, you look at the 80-20 rule, which it's, they, they talk about it because it's really proven over time, you know, where that you have 20% that are the doers and 80% are the watchers. And, you know, within our class, in the early study, you know, it seems like 20% is about the average that people are reporting that use heart rate monitors in their class. And so my intent is to find ways to affect that 80%. Because they're they're the ones that need, need yeah. Us. The other people are very self motivated, and I don't know that they really need us to speak to them. The discussion of weight management or fat loss in your survey did not come up nearly like nearly at the level of uh, you know the initial two as far as responses. What would you attribute that to? Well, the the way I designed my study was that it was all open ended questions. I didn't want to be leading or manipulating people to be to, to give me information. I asked them open ended questions, and then I manually coded what they said. If I had asked, "Did you get a heart rate monitor to help with weight loss?" They may have endorsed that, but they didn't spontaneously generate that. Does that make sense? It does. Right. Right. And and which is probably a a better survey than I would have created. Part of your your survey that you did, you you ask questions as far as what are they thinking about while they're in a class or training in some way while they're wearing their monitor. Talk to that a little bit. Sure. So um, we uh, we saw things we'd expect, such as I'm trying to stay in my target heart rate zone, or um, I'm trying to stay aerobic. But then also specific things like does my heart rate match my rate of perceived exertion? That's an interesting point. You know, that's an, yeah. That's, so we're uh, gonna we need to talk about that in, in detail here. But keep going if there were some other things that you wanted to point out. Thirteen percent said I am accomplishing my goals or challenges. That's cool. Um, people said that, that it helps them focus, that they're mindful of their breathing, that they're having a validating experience that, um, through the use of their heart rate monitor, or simply that they are relieved of stress by using their heart rate monitor. In what way? Did you that's get all any that, clues? Nope. Just I, that, that was, that's what they said. I, I, you know, I, I feel better. I feel stress relieved. And a reoccurring theme I've had with a number of people I've spoken with on the podcast and elsewhere is that you know the typical indoor cycling slash spinning class is without beginning or end. It's just an event. 
So, so it's very difficult to know if you've really accomplished anything. You can be dressed, drenched with sweat. You can, like you say, crawl out, have to take a nap, you know, digging through, the, you know, your center console in your car looking for a Twinkies or whatever. <laughs> but by having something tangible in front of you, it does create a sense of accomplishment, doesn't it? Absolutely. And in fact, I, I asked a separate question. For times when you exercise without your heart rate monitor, how is that different? And what people reported is that they don't feel as productive, that they didn't accomplish as much, that they have no idea whether they accomplished anything, that this makes them feel anxious. That was a, that was the most common response. Right. And that's the thing I'm most excited about when we start those those that have studios where you're privileged enough to have a bike with power. That's That's something that I think is really cool because then we're going to have real metrics. Which goes, you know, to another question I'm going to ask you in a minute here as far as calories. The second highest response in this session of questions that you asked is that, does my heart rate match my rate of perceived exertion? You know, where do you go with that? Because I've always seen, you know, RPE scales as being so incredibly subjective as to be difficult to believe in. That's, I guess, the polite way to say it. The way I approach this and the way I interpret this is that it doesn't matter what their RPE is when they have their heart rate monitor. It's the specific experience of having an expectation of what your heart rate is, looking down and getting feedback on it and having it be congruent and saying, wow, I'm so in touch with my body. I know my heart rate without looking at it. And then I got feedback on my response. That's what I think that response is speaking to. Perfect. And so it it validates what you know, when we say you're supposed to be on an eight, <laughs> which is very difficult to know. But if you're at, but if you know your threshold and you know you're above your threshold, then then it would make sense. Yes, I'm seeing it and I'm feeling it, and these two are correlating and it's connecting. Absolutely, and it can be very frustrating and you know anxiety provoking for people to be way off, particularly under conditions of overtraining, dehydration, on some kind of medicine, some reason that perceived exertion would be way off more than usual. Um, and, and, and it's your heart rate monitor that cues you to that, and it can be a very frustrating experience. But for those um, for whom it matches, that can be very powerful. Which is going to be the normal case, I guess. What the presumption is that most people in your class are not going to be overtrained. Okay, and so 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 there's a corollary between you know what what you think you should feel and and seeing what you're from a heart rate perspective, and those should change. That should be the case. Exactly. Okay, so now let's talk about and you and I brushed on it earlier, and I actually had a conversation earlier today about the same subject. Those wonderful monitors that tell you how many or <laughs> exercise bikes for that matter, uh, or or elliptical machines to tell you how many calories you burned. Oh, don't get me started. So one of the things that was very concerning about this project, of all the questions I asked, so asking, what made you begin using a heart rate monitor? What do you think about? Um, How does this affect your self-confidence? How has your life changed? Every single one of them, we had a big chunk of people, almost 10% of people, reporting that they thought about calories throughout all these questions. It was really predominant throughout the survey. And I think the take-home message for that is that as instructors, we need to be very careful how we're communicating information. Um, The benefits of heart rate monitor use are vast, but playing up that you're able to track your calories, I'm not sure that's what what it's all about. And that um, playing up that angle is maybe emphasizing things that we don't want to be emphasizing, per se. 
how would you approach that in, in a situation if, if someone came to you at, in your class? What would you say to them? If they if they come to me and they're they're so excited about however many calories they burned, for example, that happens all the time. I say, oh, well, I'm I'm glad you feel good about your training experience today. You know, just just keep in mind that you accomplished much more than those calories. Um, you were able to sustain an effort that you didn't think you'd be able to. Um, you're able to push yourself a little bit harder, or you're able to discipline yourself to to train at more aerobic heart rates today. That took a lot of patience and determination. Good job, and really try to play up those other things rather than squash their excitement about their calories. You know, the whole, I burn 700 calories and, and I understand that people like, you know, tangible numbers, but my concern is that they're not based on reality. No, they're using, I mean, whatever numbers you put into your heart rate monitor, we know that the heart rate monitor has formulas about max heart rate and stuff that's not accurate. That's the calories are all based on data that's not really meaningful. So they have no idea your, you know, what percentage of lean muscle mass you have on your body. It's not accounting for any of that. So it's just, it's not useful, but people like it. So we just got to need to deal with that. <laughs> okay. Well, let me ask you the question then. If, if, if someone asked you the, the question, they said, now, and soon to be Dr. Melissa, I have a choice between a heart rate monitor that just gives me, you know, basic information or one that gives me all the bells and whistles, including calorie consumption. You know, which heart rate monitor should I buy? So I like heart rate monitors that are also watches that will give you time. That's the feature that I think is important. I'm not aware of any monitors that give you time and average heart rates and max heart rate for the session that don't give you calories. I don't care about the calories, but I want those other features. Okay, so that you have some recorded metric. Right, otherwise you got to be looking at it the whole time, and that's one of the complaints that people have. I don't want to be tied to looking at this thing. Great, don't. Leave it, on your, leave it on your wrist. Check in with it periodically. Don't be tied to it. Don't be, you know, you know completely consumed by it, but just have it as a tool for you. All right, so if you were going to give an instructor a two-minute pep talk on selling just the concept of heart rate training to their class, what would you tell them? I get up and I say, okay, everybody, here's the deal. Those of you may know this, some of you may not, um, but we have at different intensities of our training, we use different sources of fuel as our primary source of fuel. And the magic number, this point lactate threshold, that's where we switch over from mostly using stored fat for fuel to mostly using stored sugar and vice versa. So the point of our training is to spend most of our time below that point. And we can actually train to increase that number. And I get very excited excited and people are excited that I'm excited about increasing lactate threshold and they're like, okay, I'm still with you. And I say, all right, here's, here's what we're going to do in today's training session. We're going to try to stay here. Here's how you can think about it. For those of you with heart rate monitors, this is how you think about it. And then I explain RPE as a, as a subjective kind of approximation for it. And then we begin. And then afterwards, I'll check in with them and I'll say, if you are exhausted, is probably a good chance that you may have been working harder than you thought you were and that you need to be. So come talk with me and we'll, and we'll figure out a way to make you um, more effective in your training. And people really do come up with that. Um, another thing, you, you and I were talking earlier, earlier in my career, I actually used to bring photographs 
of um, from when I started before I was an instructor, um, I started heart rate training and just learning to keep my heart rate lower. Um, and I lost 40 pounds. I got pictures of 40 pound heavier me and I showed people and I said, all I did was just have this measurement to keep me from working harder. I worked less hard and lost 40 pounds. People are like, what are you doing? No way. And you give them some kind of evidence. And again, it's not all about weight loss. But for somebody who you know that's a goal of theirs, then then you can connect with them on that level. Weight loss is not everybody's concern and shouldn't be everybody's concern. But for those for whom it is, use that. Mm-hmm. Although I'm convinced that just about everyone in our classes has, at, at, at some level, is interested in at least body weight management at the very least. Sure, right. sure. And uh, like Amy says... Well, they may not be trying to lose weight, but they certainly want to have the freedom to eat what they like. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. Because that's one that's that sure. is a pleasure in life that few want to give up. I understand. Okay, Melissa, th- an idea that's been kind of bubbling around in me is that we're trying to communicate to a very diverse group in terms of their level of either acceptance of heart rate training or their knowledge of it. All right, would it make would it make sense to try to offer more uh, specialized, like small group training to a, a population who is interested in hearing more, but it's not in that upper 20% that already knows most of everything? I think there's definitely merit in that. And I do that at my facility uh, twice a year. I do a small group intro to heart rate monitor training um, program. And it's, I usually work with eight or 10 people, um, mostly all women. And I teach them about the basics. It's a two session workshop. First session I do is I just, I, I do a little demo of, of, you know, the basics of intensity monitoring, different ways you could do it, advantages and disadvantages and what the whole purpose of it is. And then we, we do a quick ride. They don't have heart rate monitors yet and they're exhausted by the end. And that's the point. Um, and then I bring them back and we do more discussion and then we do an LT field test. And then those people are stoked. They, you know, they have their monitors by then. They're required to buy a monitor before that second session. Then they bring it to class, and they're great. So you can do that. Um, a lot of facilities don't have that flexibility where you can create a special small group training. And I think that there's there's a purpose to it. And then also to try to bring it into the mainstream, but giving different messages. So you give you can give the technical representation. You can, it's the same way that you describe, you know, pedal stroke in different ways because it speaks to different people in different ways. You just vary in your cues a little bit. So you could talk about the technical, you talk about the weight management, you talk about the idea of being in connection with your body and awareness of your breathing and the way that you're responding to challenge and to have feedback on that or a way to track your progress. Those are all different aspects that all speak to the same goal of getting people to use a heart rate monitor. Within your little small groups, do you find there's a better kind of back and forth question and answer? Oh yeah, it's set up. It's 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 workshop style. So the whole first half hour, they're sitting in a, they're just sitting in chairs, and we're talking about their fitness goals. And then the rest of the presentation, I'm tailoring that to speak to those eight people what they just told me their fitness goals were. You sound like a master at this. Mm-hmm, I get a little <laughs> bit of practice. Yes, you do. I remember the first time you talked to me, I think, what were you telling me? You were teaching like 12 or 14 classes a week or something? Uh, I, I, there was a point before medical school that I was teaching 21 a week. Oh, 21. My, Forgive me for oh, minimizing oh, it. <laughs> only riding 12 of them with my heart rate monitor always made sure that I was not overdoing it. Melissa, anything else you would like to leave our 
listeners with uh, as we move forward here? I would like to leave you with a quote. Um, Because this is a quote from my survey. This is what one of the participants wrote. If I feel my heart rate racing in my life during tense situations, I breathe just the way I practice during physical exertion. That's a skill um, that you are teaching your students in your class that they can apply to the rest of their lives. That, that is hugely powerful. And if you can teach someone how to deal with the challenges of their world effectively, that's pretty amazing. There's pretty much no greater gift. Well, soon to be Dr. Melissa Murata. <laughs> Thank you. That sounds, so, that sounds so crazy. Oh, I know, but you've worked your tail off to get there, and I'm very proud of you. So. Thank, thank you. you. Well, and thank you for your contribution today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Hi, Amy McGowan here. In my role as the official hostess of the Indoor Cycle Instructor Pro Conference, I'm inviting you to join us in Boston on September 30th, October 1st and 2nd. This year, we're bringing you the power of Indoor Cycling 2.0 with Kaiser and Free Motion Indoor Cycles with Power, initial and advanced pre-con certifications, plus over 40 informative and entertaining sessions for instructors and studio owners. I'm really excited about our kickoff ride Friday night, featuring live music thanks to Cycling Fusion. Last year was an absolute blast, and this year promises to be even better. Participants last year asked us not to let the conference get too big or too impersonal, so we're capping registration at 200. Register today at IndoorCycleInstructor.com forward slash conference. I'm so looking forward to seeing you all this fall.